ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. I like to kind of start off with this with something from my little, you know, regular life, at least, you know, a little bit of that that I might, you know, want to share with some of y'all. Um, I feel like I may have said this on a previous episode of this podcast, but I feel like it needs to be said again. Okay, you ready? If you are going to perform on the subway, I need you to understand that this is the big leagues. All right. So I'm on subway today. This dude get on. He started like busting various moves, except I don't even feel like the moves are being busted. Right. Like he was like pressing hard on some moves. But it would be inappropriate to say that those moves were like busted. He tried to do like all of it. He tried to do like a little break dancing, but it didn't break. He tried to do a little pole work, but he ain't really had no spin about it. All he was doing was playing music to get on our nerves. And you got to understand, man, the people that we see that be grooving on the subway, those are incredible talents. Like, I mean, like, you got to be really good to like get our attention on the subway. You can't just be out here on some old, I just feel like it. Nah, man. Raise your game up. I don't, and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't really know where it is that you get to practice in on the subway, like to be a subway performer. You got to get out there like at three o'clock in the morning when ain't nobody on there. So you can like figure out the ratios and stuff. Your homeboys got to sit there taking the risk of getting kicked in the face. You know, dig? I don't know. Like the more I think about it, the more I marvel at the people who are there to i would say bring us joy while we ride because sometimes it's a little bit of a hassle so i can't say that's what they're there for they're trying to get a couple bucks but you ain't getting no money from me in new york city unless you demonstrate some kind of talent like i find myself giving people money on the subway more because like what why not you know what i mean especially if they out here demonstrating some level of talent but you gotta you gotta impress me you know why you gotta impress me i don't want to patronize you I want to show you some respect. Also, interesting thing that happened today. Uh, I'm at work, minding my own business. And uh, Black Panther walked past my uh, past the desk. Actually, me and Black Panther walked up at the same time. It was me and a bunch of other people. We was all wearing, like, we had tan coats. Had, like, camel color coat. He was like, yo, what's up with everybody? The coats and the hats. And I looked at him. He had on some little jean jacket. It was, like, 35 degrees outside. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing with that little ass coat. Tell you got off the plane from L.A. And then he left in another little ass coat. I don't know why. He wasn't really prepared. But anyway, talk for a second. No biggie. You know. Like, he said he appreciated my work. Yeah, I'm stunting. Anyway. I get home tonight. I turn on one of the channels. It's got the Law and Order marathon on. I look up, and what do I see? I see the Black Panther as a murderer. He was a murderer, and he had a glass eye. It said the thing about his glass eye was his glass eye was all, like, milk-colored because he had been trying to clean his own glass eye with rubbing alcohol. That brings me to something that I've noticed as somebody who has watched a lot of Law and Order, like, over time. Bro, Law and Order, <laughs> they love a trope, right? Like, I'm trying to avoid being like, yo, Law and Order is mad racist. But if you were to say Law and Order is mad racist, I really wouldn't have a lot of grounds to dispute you. 
right? They got like five types of African-Americans that they got on law and order and like two types of Africans. And the Africans is always the worst Africans, notably because they Africans ain't never really Africans. They had one time the dude that played Lieutenant Daniels on the wire as like an army from like the like a soldier from the Ivory Coast or something. He was like some variety of war criminal. He was a really, really awful African. Really bad. And I said, we've been asked that thing about, about it too. Everybody on the wire has been on law and order. Like every single person. WeeBay has played like five different types of WeeBays on Law and Order. But they all WeeBay. Every single one of them. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. The Dr. Dre slash Kanye Jesus is King 2 album. Are they joking with us? I can tell you with 100% certainty, they are not joking with you. Dre is remixing the Jesus is King record. I've talked to two different people about this. This is happening. Dr. Dre is remixing Jesus is King. People are saying it ain't never coming out. Nah, I think it is. I, th- I I think this is going to actually like see the light of day. I think this is going to happen. Um, the question about it happening, though, is. Am I willing to listen to Jesus is King twice? Like I listened to it once. I understand it'll be a remix, but I felt like one was enough. I'm really not sure if I feel like listening to it again. Like, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but I didn't think there was nothing right with it either. Does that make sense? So, yeah, like, is Dre enough to get me to listen to that thing a second time? Tough call. Asking for a lot of Dr. Dre there. Hey, you're asking a lot of me. Somebody says here, perfectionist ass Dre won't make sure it's rushed at least. Now, that is true. Like, if Dre don't think it's hitting, then it's not going to wind up coming out. I think we all know that. Uh, there's no question about that part, but I do think it's going to come out. All right. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. After the mini drought, Dr. Dre was in at the time. Did you have any expect expectations of 2001 when it first came out? Oh yeah. So, Here's the thing about when 2001 came out, if you weren't around for it, and I think we just came up on the 20th anniversary of it. So uh, you get like the collapse of Death Row and the Dre departure from Death Row, and you get that Aftermath album. And that Aftermath album, Dre was on this thing where he had determined or decided that gangster rap was dead, and that wasn't the direction that he was going in. And so you get like, even though that still had like East Coast, West Coast killer on it, but then you got him doing the tango for the been there, done that. And that Aftermath album was really an R&B album as much as anything else. Like You got to remember Dr. Dre did that damn Michelet album that one time. Like that's not like that wasn't out of the realm of Dr. Dre. It wasn't a total flip. But the I don't do gangster rap no more. That was definitely a flip. 
And so that record came out, the Aftermath joint, in 96. And it was it was whack. Right? I mean, I, I ain't really... I, in fact, I, to be fair, I haven't gone back and listened to that in God knows how long. Maybe it wasn't whack, but I thought it was whack. Uh, but anyway, so that is in 96. We start getting the Dre reemergence uh, with the Slim Shady LP when that comes out. And Dre didn't really do that many tracks on the Slim Shady LP. He did My Name Is. He did the Guilty Conscience Joint. I think he actually might have only done like one other track um, on there, but he didn't do a whole bunch of that. That was like a lot of the Bass Brothers and Eminem that were doing that record. But that kind of brought us back into the Dr. Dre consciousness. But the other thing that we had, Dr. Dre did the beat for a song called Bitch Please. And Bitch Please was the reemergence of both Dr. Dre and Snoop. And it firmly placed Exhibit as being on the I'm Down with Dr. Dre program, right? Because you got to remember that Snoop is in recovery mode at this point, too, because this is coming off the games to be sold, not to be told. After that didn't work, he got P to let him do like an actual West Coast record, like do his own record. And so he does this. And now Dre ain't with Death Row. Snoop ain't with Death Row. And so, boom, now these cats are out here together. Like they were back. So by the time 2001 is coming around, Dre wasn't really in a drought. It's like, yo, Dre back. And then I remember at some point, my brother had told me, and I don't remember where he heard it from, where he got it from, whatever. But my brother was like, yo, I'm hearing that 2001 is going to be as big a deal as the first chronic. But that's when we thought it was going to be called the Chronic 2000. But he's like, the Chronic 2000 is going to be as big a deal as the first Chronic. Now, it didn't change the game like the first Chronic did. Like, the first Chronic was just like, I mean, it's a before and after kind of record, right? But 2001 was monster, monster. It didn't really take nobody no time to figure out that it was monster. It was monster. And I feel like the other stuff is all is quite overwhelmingly better. Not overwhelmingly, that's too far, but better than the singles. Like still DRE, I don't love that nearly as much as other people do. Forgot about Dre is pretty cool. But like the watcher, uh, well, the next episode, who who that was a smoker. Uh, but the watcher, what's the difference? Explosive, although the way I be pimping may have been better than explosive. You can go look that one up. Um, let's get high. Ooh, that one goes hard. That one goes hard. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. So, like, 2001, it wasn't really that shocking when it was Flames because we had a little bit of a buildup to let us know that Dre back. Dre back. Somebody says here you have a preference between the two as far as which one you enjoy. Look, the Chronic, there's a strong argument to be made for the Chronic being the best rap record of all time. Like, like, it is that caliber of good. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. As an artist, once you reach a certain level, you can't be out here tripping over awards, right? Well, I mean, apparently you can because they be tripping over awards. Like, I'm the wrong person to ask how people should respond to getting awards because I derive minimal value from external validation. Right, you guys who have been around me for a while or follow me for a while, you know this. I'm not that guy. So to ask me whether somebody should care about an award, 
I mean, I'm always going to say you tripping because that's not what I'm about. And in fact, no, to say that's not what I'm about, I don't like the way that sounds, but that's not how I do it. That's not me. That's not my inclination. That is a big thing for other people. And apparently for Ari Lennox, it was a very big deal that she didn't get this Soul Train Award. And I guess Lizzo got the Soul Train Award. And Lizzo has interestingly become like a polarizing figure among folks because of the support that she, like white women in particular, seem to really dig Lizzo. I dug that Lizzo album. Um, I didn't like love it, right? Like I didn't turn me into no Lizzo fan necessarily, but I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, but I find that a lot of y'all, man, y'all ain't here for it at all. At all. By the way, she went to high school in Houston. Little, you know, maybe you did or did not know. I don't know. But Ari Lennox was just like, yeah, I can't get an award, so I guess I'm going to quit now or whatever it is. And I'm like, yo, one of y'all that's cool with her, can y'all give her a call? Anybody? One of y'all? Somebody give her a call? Like, this is not, this is not a great look. This does not, uh, nah, 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 this is not, this is, this is not good. This is not, pull it together, pull it together, get to feel how you feel. I ain't never going to tell somebody how they should or should not feel, but I will tell you what you should or should not tweet. All right. Don't recommend it at all. Do not recommend it at all. Um, but now, nah, man, these things matter to people and, we like it when people win awards and they're overcome by the emotion, right? The flip side of that is the disappointment from not winning. And it's going to hit people in different ways. So I don't really want to come down too hard on our Lennox about that because I can see how that can hit you in a certain way. I'm just not that dude. But when you say, like, once you get to a certain level, you shouldn't care about awards. Thinking about Think about this, though. For Ari Lennox, she has gotten to this level, but this is new, right? Like, the, like to where she is now, this is new. And so this is the first chance she's ever had to win an award like this. Like, it's not like she's been nominated for, like, 15 Soul Train Awards and she's tripping because she didn't get this one. She ain't never had the chance. So this is all brand new. Guy here says, I'm of the belief once you get to a certain level, you should not control your social media accounts. I mean, I understand why you're saying that, but one, y'all don't want that, right? Y'all want the social media accounts to actually be social. You want it to be the people that you believe it is. Um, and two, like being part of being involved in social media in some form of fashion is just like the nature of life now. And so, like, depriving people of that, I think you're asking for a little more than you think. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Yeah, gonna need some more questions, folks. If you paid it any attention, do you have any reaction to the ongoing racist events and attacks at Syracuse? I mean, I've paid a little bit of attention to it, but here's my question for you when you ask that. Like, what observation do you want me to give? And I don't mean to shade you. I'm just saying that generally for people, like when they have questions about this sort of thing. Like, do you have any reaction to the ongoing racist events and attacks at Syracuse? Like, I mean, it's racism. I got a pretty, I feel like you can guess my reaction to that. You know, am I wrong here? 
Am I wrong? Um, I mean, I guess I can give you a, hey, that's not the South. I mean, it's not. Maybe I can give you that. I don't know. I tell you this, though. I ain't no way in the world I'm going, okay, so maybe this is what you're getting. Got you. Okay, which took me some time to warm up. Uh, let me tell you this. Ain't no way in the world I'm going to be going to school nowhere that that's fucking cold. And they're going to be out here calling me the N-word on the streets. Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to pick one or the other. But I can't suffer, like, two levels of disrespect. You kidding me? Like, can you imagine being up there in all that cold? Like, especially you from the South or something like that? You imagine being up there in all that cold, right? Your little letterman's jacket that you brought from the crib just ain't standing up like you thought it was. You waiting for that big coat your mama gave you the money for to hurry up and come in the mail. You know what I'm saying? You walking around, shivering. And then somebody call you the N-word. Like, yo, man, I'm going home. I've had enough. Somebody here says, crazy how Syracuse went from a powerhouse for black football athletes to now. Uh, sir, you might want to look up what life was like for those dudes when they were getting the Jim Browns and Ernie Davises of the world. You go check out how it was that they were treated while they were there. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Who would be on your ESPN Family Feud squad? You know, this is an interesting question because Jalen Rose once went on to Family Feud. He was raising money for the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, um, and he didn't show up with a single family member. Not a single family member. He showed up with Dave Jacoby, uh, Fred Abide, who's a producer, I can't even remember who the other two people were. I think Jimmy King was one of them. Yeah, Jimmy King's one of them. Yes, and Jacoby had to save the day. It was not Jalen Rhodes' final hour um, in Fast Money. And yes, Brian, you are correct. Jacoby went on there with no belt. I definitely tweeted about this when it happened. Anyway, uh, who would be on my family feud squad? Number one, number one, Stu Gatz. Because ain't nobody more the average American than Stu Gatz. I need Stu Gatz to put me in touch with the kind of people that the Family Feud ask these questions to. So, yeah, I'm bringing Stu Gatz with me. Who else am I bringing with me? Actually, I've seen Dave Jacoby's work. Dave Jacoby coming with me. I need to get two more people out here on this. Uh, they don't work here anymore. Um, who else I got? I was thinking about either Sarah or Mina, but I'm not sure. I don't know if they in touch with the common man or woman that we that, that we need to like really tap into. Oh yeah, Fosworth. Bring Fosworth along. I need some I need a competitor. Fosworth, a competitor. We'll bring him. And then we need somebody, like not really a grandfather, but quasi-grandfatherly, you know what I mean? Come on, Mike Wilbon. We need you. Who was the second name I said? Because now I see somebody mention Marcus Spears, and yeah, I do feel like Marcus Spears. I could be wrong, but I feel like Marcus Spears, ooh, Jacoby, tricky. He's put in good work. But I feel like Marcus Spears has watched a lot of Family Feud. 
I have no basis for this whatsoever. I could just see it. All right, appreciate the question. See, I said no, Pablo. Nah, 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 nah. I don't really think. I don't really feel like Pablo is providing too much on these kinds of questions. Oh, damn. The only thing, though, I don't know. Wilbon and Stu Gatz in the same place. Stu Gatz going to get one stupid answer, and Wilbon going to lose his mind. Y'all are saying that Kornheiser is built for this. Absolutely not. There's one thing Tony Kornheiser wants to make sure that you understand about him is that he is not the common man. I'm getting a little bread and looking to get some dental work done. Any advice? My brother, I don't mean you no disrespect. But I feel like you can look in the mirror and look at your grill and you'll have all the advice you need. Like, I really kind of feel like, and I don't know how you stop them from like running up your pockets or nothing like that. But I feel like no matter who you are, you go in the dentist and show them your grill. They'll let you know what there is to be done. That's all you got to do. Walk in, give them the, ah, and they're going to let you know exactly what there is. Oh, easy. I need to touch up work, uh, work on a couple of crowns. Hey, man, I ain't no dentist. I was just a dude with crooked teeth who got them fixed. Like, I can't actually give you advice on dentistry. Wow, you guys got a lot of faith in me. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Does the current climate of America prevent songs like Back That Ass Up, Get Lower, I Want to Rock to be produced anymore? I'm assuming that you're talking about, like, from the, the climate, like, surrounding misogyny and stuff like that? No, no, no. I don't think that's the holdup, right? I'm not saying this is the way the world should or should not be, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not getting into a normative statement in that way. Um, what I am saying, though, is if a song makes people shake their asses, it really doesn't matter what you're talking about on top of it. People will let that stuff slide. I'm telling you, I was in a room not that long ago where I saw some for real died in the wool feminist, man. But when ain't no fun, if the homies can't have none, come on, it going to do what it do. I witnessed it with my own eyes. Yeah, somebody said Megan Stallion whole performance vibe is what he's talking about. Yeah, like, I mean, but, but the thing about Megan Thee Stallion on this kind of stuff is like, her whole steez is kind of an homage to them songs that you're talking about. Like, in fact, like there's a, I don't want to use the word feminism. Cause I don't know if that's the appropriate usage in this, but there is an assertion of her own agency. That is, I like to drop it and you like it when I drop it. Both of which appear to be the case for what it's worth. Which makes it perfect for like a back that ass up 2020 to come out. Somebody need to make that happen. Can we get it back that ass up 2020? I feel like Juvie could get in the lab with somebody and make it happen. Appreciate the question. Somebody here talking about you heard Chicks Tape 5. You think I'm listening to something called Chicks Tape 5? And I'm not saying it ain't jamming because it might be because I've never heard it. I don't even know who does it. I'm just saying. You think I heard any of the four before it? And I, and by the way, if you think I had, I appreciate you 
for feeling like my spirit has got that kind of youth in it. Because it don't. Oh, boy, this looking like a short episode. Do you get affected by weddings? All depends on what you mean by affected. Like, I really enjoy weddings because people are so happy, right? Like, it's hard for me to not be happy at a wedding because the people involved are typically so happy. And it ain't about you in the first place. So good for them. Like, that's typically uh, the zone that I'm in when it comes to weddings. I did have this one wedding, though. I think I've told you about it where I was the best man in a wedding. And um, I'm assuming that the bride's never going to hear this. So anyway, the best man in his wedding and his woman's uncle was singing in the wedding. Right. And so we had the rehearsal. And he starts singing. And this isn't a good idea. Like this isn't this isn't like this is his gift of love, I suppose. But I would have preferred something else, right? But the woman wanted him to sing at her wedding, so that's what we had. He's singing at the wedding, and I didn't think about it. And so we're at the actual wedding, and you know, when you're the best man, you just up there with the groom. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't want no bridesmaid down the aisle or nothing like that. You just up there at the front. So I'm at the front and, you know, for the wedding, you know, I got, you know, I got ready. You know what I'm saying? So I'm up there at the front and the bridesmaids and the groomsmen, you know, they've walked up, they've done that thing. They split up in the middle and it's cool. And now it's time for the bride. Bride's there. I see the bride. Everybody stands up. Everybody turns and looks. I'm getting ready for da 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 da. But I forgot. We're not doing da 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 da. We're not doing that at this wedding. No. The uncle is singing. And so I'm preparing for da da da. And instead, I get a really heartfelt, emotional version of. Kenny Lattimore, for you I will. And so I'm up there at the front, and one of my partners, he in the wedding with me, and I couldn't do this alone, so I elbowed him. And so now he's shaky. And so I wanted to laugh, right? But obviously, I cannot laugh. I have nowhere to hide. I'm standing in the front. And so I just start smiling. And then every time I wanted to laugh, I just smiled harder. And then every time I wanted to laugh some more, I just smiled harder. And then every time I wanted to laugh some more, I realized I couldn't smile no harder. And that's when the tears started. That's when the tears began to fall from my face. My man says, fake choke up. Wasn't nothing fake, brother. I was crying. I was crying laughing. But I was crying. 
And so I imagine if you saw me at that wedding, you probably thought that I was really, really affected by weddings. Not quite. Not quite. Man said, I know Kenny Lattimore, he would crack up if he heard this. Tell him to stand on something so I can make sure I see him when he does. I got to be careful about doing stuff like that, man. You never know who out there listening. Kenny Lattimore could be a big fan. But Kenny Lattimore, no, he ain't that tall. He knows that's kind of a, somebody said low blow. You the one calling them low. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Was it harder to hold it in when Pacquiao started singing? Oh, man. That was the hardest ever. They luckily edited out that. I Well, actually, no. It was definitely harder to hold it in when Pacquiao started singing on HQ because I couldn't hold it in. I laughed. I laughed. Dad elbowed, but Dad was so mad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I couldn't help it. He told Manny Pacquiao to sing. And look, you got to understand, Jimmy Kim will be having Manny Pacquiao to sing just so we can laugh at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't just me. Oh, man. And Dad elbowed me, and that got me. Like, like I was like the cold water to the face that I needed. And I powered through. Because when he first started, I was trying not to laugh. I just started, like, nodding my head. And then I, like, closed my eyes. And then I put my head down. And then I got caught with a... <clears throat> and it was a rap. Somebody asked, what was Pacquiao singing? It was his new single. Like, I don't know what the song was. But it was, oh, that's what, if I recall what made it even worse, it was like dedicated to the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo-wee. Sorry, Dan. Say, Manny might run up on me. Tell Manny to run up on Jimmy Kimmel first. He don't put you out there in front of America. Were you shocked by the outpour of sympathy Drake received because he was booed at the title of the Creator Festival? Uh, not really. Um, so I was in L.A. Obviously, I wasn't at the festival. But I was in L.A. and I was riding in the car that afternoon and the radio station kept talking about the festival. And I didn't know what the festival was. I didn't realize it was titled the Creator Fest. But they kept talking about the festival. And they're like, yo, we got a great, a special guest. Who do you think it is? And every time they'd have somebody on saying who it was, they'd be like, yo, well, we heard it's Frank Ocean. So we really hope it's Frank Ocean. And then it reached a point where like everybody thought that it was Frank Ocean. And instead, they got Drake, which, like, if I'm Tyler, the creator, I got y'all Drake. And y'all are mad because it's not Frank Ocean? Yo, that was wild. And I, like, yo, I kind of felt bad for Drake because, like, all Dr- the problem that Drake had there, what did Drake do to those people? Not be Frank Ocean. <laughs> 
that was it. And, you know, the Frank Ocean thing is kind of a dog whistle for me. Like, I don't hear what y'all hear when it comes to Frank Ocean. But, nah, man, I don't think Drake ever thought it'd be a situation like that where he got booed off the stage and he's supposed to be, like, the, the, the extra special guest. That's, damn, that was wild. Somebody said Frank Ocean is a mid-live performer. Only thing I know about Frank Ocean performing live is when he was at the Grammys and he did that Forrest Gump song and he's standing behind something and he's like playing a keyboard or something and it's got Forrest Gump's legs on the video screen like he was running and the song, I was like, what in the hell is this? Like, this what y'all about? No disrespect to Frank Ocean. All right, let me see what else you got here. Somebody said Frank Ocean albums have become art projects that people are afraid to say they don't like. I'm sorry, is Frank Ocean still making albums? Like, I just don't pay attention like that. Is he, is he still out here like, making it happen? Yeah, I think I got all the questions out of the night I'm going to get. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Evening Jones. Try to do this thing every week or two, something like that. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you cannot watch The Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe at iTunes Store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We're also at the Google Play Store. All right, talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy.